Hello, and welcome to our celebration of the 100th episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. In this hour, we will relive some of the funniest moments from the last 100 episodes. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy launched on September 5th, 2019. Although the world has changed in the past couple of years, one thing that hasn't is your appetite for bits and bites of useless information. Here is how it all began, the pilot episode. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. We're traveling at 30,000 feet, and it's time for the Totally Useless Information podcast, the pilot episode. Who's flying the plane? Is anyone flying the plane? Who's flying the plane? Fasten your seatbelts as we are your in-flight entertainment. Sit back, relax, and be amazed at how much useless information is out there. How many pounds of skin will a human being shed in their lifetime? The best remedy after being stung by a jellyfish is what? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for totally useless information we really don't need. So join us on this journey as we find out together more useless information out there in this totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. By listening once a week, you'll get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and yes, welcome to the pilot episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Hello, my friend Roy. How are you? Welcome from beautiful, sunny, orange-laden Florida. (laughs) Welcome from beautiful Toronto. We have oranges up here, too. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you do, but you get them from us. But listen, folks... We're 1,500 miles away. We've been friends for how many years, Nick? Over 40 years and counting. 40. Right. So 40 years we've been friends. We met in high school. Nick used to live in the United States. He moved to Canada in 1990. 1990, yeah. Way back when. Awesome. So here we are, 1,500 miles apart, and we've been doing this podcasting since, well, we, we first met. But podcasts weren't invented back then, so we finally started to record them. And here we are for you to give you totally useless information. So, like we said, sit back, relax. You'll be amazed at how much information's out there. And we are here for you. Well, if Al Gore invented the Internet, then we invented the damn podcast. That's right. Absolutely. So, let's kick it off right away. Animal. 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 You're going to find some amazing jingles. (laughs) The budget was set way, way high. Nick introduced us to a remedy that might be helpful if someone is stung by a jellyfish. Get ready for it. True or false? If you are stung by a jellyfish, this is my teaser. If you're stung by a jellyfish, the best remedy is to pee on it. True or false? I hope not. (laughs) I would say... I would say true because I've heard that people do that. The answer is false. No, not only is this not an effective treatment, but scientists have found it can worsen the sting, so don't do it. According to the Cleveland Clinic, the proper way to treat a jellyfish sting is with hot water, not urine. So you're at the beach. Somebody says, ah, I got stung by a jellyfish. You run over, you pull your bathing suit down, and you start to urinate on them. Why? Why? 
Why would anyone do that? I would punch them. <laughs> you're, in, you're in for a real rude awakening. Okay. Well, being that you were talking about urine, what animal has the largest penis in the animal kingdom? What a segue. It's <laughs> an amazing segue. Thank you for that. What animal I would say that I would guess. I don't know if everyone out there would guess the same as me. What do you think, guys? What do you think? Huh? Studio audience? Yes, they all agree. The horse. The horse. Well, although the horse has a rather hefty uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, the actual largest penis in the animal kingdom, considered by size, the barnacle, the thing that hooks on to your bottom of your boat, is apparently hooking on with something else. <laughs> he has the largest penis in the animal kingdom, the barnacle. My boat or yours. Here are a couple of weird laws that are still active today. Did you know that in Kentucky, it is illegal? You can get arrested for holding an ice cream cone in your back pocket. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Why? Why would you want to take the ice cream cone and put it in your back pocket? <laughs> I don't know. It's not like something that's easily totable around you. It's a hard enough time to eat the thing without it getting all over you, nevertheless sticking it into one of your pockets. I cannot even understand this part. So let's say you're you're going to pick up some ice cream for three or four of your friends. Right. You, I mean, you don't you don't have any place to you know how many ice cream cones can you hold in one hand? So you put start putting them in your pocket. Right. And maybe someone maybe someone complained in Kentucky. Because all it takes is one complaint. The next thing you know, they've banned back pocket ice cream cones. I'll tell you what happened. They probably had the, the, the ice cream cone in their back pocket, sat on a seat. Somebody else sat on the seat, got ice cream on their pants and said, son of a, you know what? No, 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 no son of a gun. <laughs> son of a sea cook. I got ice cream okay. on my pants. In Texas, it is illegal to put graffiti on someone else's cow. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. In Texas, yeah. like what's what's your tag? Nick's uh, trying. Uh, Nick's trying to give you some street cred here. He's trying. To... <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm wearing my jeans halfway down my hips. <laughs> yeah, I have street creds, man. You know, my favorite rapper is what the classical musical rapper Yo Yo Mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the screwed up part is he forgot to put underwear on. <laughs> There's an expression we need to find out. When you go commando, yeah. where did that come from? Right, we'll find that out in the podcast. Find out and I never want to see it. Baby robins eat 14 feet of earthworms every day. Hold on. Wait a minute. What happened with the graffiti and cows? What was the story there? It's illegal. Hold on. I told you already. In Texas, it's illegal to put graffiti on someone else's cow. Oh, it's okay. a law. Okay. Do you need anything else? Like oh, no. That's all you need to know. I need nothing else <laughs> <laughs> baby robins eat 14 feet of earthworms every day and if you're in texas don't put graffiti on someone else's cow no the native saguaro cactus is one of the things that the, we can most associate with arizona but they take a long time to grow so mm. laws have been put in place prohibiting the removal of any spiny flora cutting them down even on your own property can result in a substantial fine or even jail time I knew a girl named Spiny Flora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but you were the prick. <laughs> you went there. Yeah. What do chewing mastic gum and Fruit Loops have in common? Nothing, really. 
but the segment was funny. It went pretty, pretty far. Ancient Greeks used to chew on mastic gum. Mastic gum made from the resin of a mastic tree. The mastic gum, like birch bark tar, has an antiseptic properties to it, and though it is believed to have been used to maintain oral health, both mastic trees were used. Now, if you think of mastic, think of the name to masticate. Listen carefully. Yes, yes. To I masticate. It's to chew. Right. Yes. If you masticate too lo- too much, you can go blind. <laughs> What is the mastic gum comes from? I got to hand it to you. There you go. <laughs> you have something else you want to share with the world. Yes, I do. Um, and it's got nothing to do with masticating, which I thought was really off base. <laughs> Just wrong. You know, Fruit Loops, you've had Fruit Loops ever? Delicious, yes. Okay. And there's like, what, red and green and blue and Fruit Loops? Yeah, I'm assuming they represent some of the fruit flavors. Right. They all taste exactly the same. There is no separate flavor. <laughs> they just no, have different colors. They actually all taste identical, and people <laughs> want the red ones because they think they taste better. <laughs> That's wild. You just blew my mind. Wow. Yep. No flavor. So the next time I pour a bowl of Fruit Loops, if I close my eyes, it wouldn't matter. Uh, they all taste the same. They all taste the same. And I think it's false advertising because they should be called Fruit Loop. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, they take you for a loop. That's what they do. As we look back at the past 100 episodes, Nick talked about the many uses of the kid's toy, Slinky. Do you remember the the Slinky as a kid? Oh, yes. In fact, it was, uh, what was the commercial going down the stairs? What walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkety sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's All together now. It's slinky, it's slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. It's slinky, they're slinky. They're fun for girls and boys. Girls and boys. Ah, girls and Slinky. For girls and boys. That was a pretty catchy jingle for the day. Slinky was an excellent squirrel deterrent for bird feeders. When mounted on the pole of the bird feeder, it stops the squirrels from climbing up the pole. So the squirrel will try to go up and the slinky will come back down and the squirrel would not get to the bird feed. It is uh, for girls and boys because I met a girl one time who wore a slinky negligee. Invented in 1943, moving on, it was used in the Vietnam War. The slinky? Yep. Or the negligee? No. No. <laughs> no. It was worn by the enemy. <laughs> oh, G.I., we love you long time. Uh, long time. It was used in the Vietnam War, uh, the slinky was, as an impromptu radio antenna. It received a frequency of 7 to 8 megahertz, and soldiers clipped on one end of the slinky to the radio, and the other end was sent up a tree. Oh, it was lightweight. Awesome. And it received a really clear signal. Well, walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's slinky. It's slinky, it's slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. They're slinkies, they're slinkies. They're fun for girls and boys. If you are enjoying this show while consuming fast food, you might want to rethink the next bite. Here's a fun fact for you. Do you like fast food? I I do not. 
I try to stay away from it, although I do love it. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. If you're a fast food junkie, be aware. The average person will consume 12 pubic hairs in their fast food every year. Oh, yummy. So the moral of that story is stay away from the curly fries. Animal, 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 crazy animal. So, yes, uh, we apologize for the preceding fun fact. That's disgusting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so, animals is one of the most popular useless information category. A lot of people have asked us all about animals. Animals are fun. Unless you are in the midst of the grip of the jaw of a crocodile. Mm. That would kind of suck because... You're in the grip of the crocodile's jaw. Here is a way for you to get out of the grip of the jaw. Simply push your thumb into its eyes and it will let go right away. In fact, that's useful information. And let's do the disclaimer. Kids, don't do this at home. Try your best to stay away from the crocodiles and then you don't have to worry about sticking fingers in any eyes. Nick and Roy discovered a peculiar name in Canada. The revelation? There's a town named Dildo in Newfoundland. There's a turkey point in southwestern Ontario named for the abundance of wild turkeys in the area. And the U.S. may have more places than Turkey, but we in Canada have a Dildo Newfoundland. <laughs> We also have a... No, stop, on. stop, no, no. Dildo, Newfoundland. Yes. Okay. These are unusual names. Why? <laughs> Why would anybody want to live in Dildo, Newfoundland? What do they, you know... We also have a head smashed in Buffalo Jump in Alberta. Okay, I'd rather live in Head Smash than, than tell somebody, where do you live? I live in Dildo. I love Dildo. Better yet, where would you stay when you go there? Yeah, you'd, you'd stay at, at the Dildo Inn. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Dildo High. Uh, Dildo High School. On, the, on that note, <laughs> on that wild note, yeah, we have to go. I, I lived, think I lived on Dong Street in the town of Dildo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what the hell's going on with Canadians? There's so many words in the English language. You could have picked a French one. Head smashed. It's okay, but Dildo? I don't know. I don't know. Raspberry smelling jeans were among the many funny inventions talked about by Nick and Roy. Weird guy. Scratch and sniff raspberry scented jeans are made by clothing manufacturer Naked and Famous Denim. The Canadian brand boasts of using only raw denim manufactured at a traditional mill in Japan so you can be assured of quality. For the Weird Guy jeans, raspberry perfume was coated all over the denim and then baked into them. The perfume contains millions upon millions of tiny micro scent capsules that break when you scratch on the surface of the jeans, like a scratch and sniff, releasing the yummy raspberry fragrance. Naked and Famous claims that the scent can last up to five washes, and if you wash your jeans 
just once every three months, they'll stand on their own. No. If you watch... <laughs> Who the hell doesn't wash their jeans? Okay, let me just... I, I'm all over this one. Okay, first off, yes. do Canadians not wash their jeans but for every three months? <laughs> okay, okay. But then the most upsetting thing of all is the guy's a Canadian, he invents the jeans, and then he says... So that we can get some good quality, we sent it off to Japan to be made because we can't make them here in Canada. Oh, my God. What if you were told by your employer that you had to wear their underwear under your uniform? That's exactly what happened to Disney employees. Up until 2001, Disney employees were not allowed to wear their own underwear under their costumes. Mm. They had to share Disney-issued undergarments. So what were they, Mickey Mouse? Like, here are grown people wearing Mickey Mouse underwear. But after several employees complained, and they complained because they got (laughs) pubic lice (laughs) (laughs) and and reported stained undies, the company changed their policy. Oh, no, especially being that they didn't make those Disney underwear in in anything but youth sizes. So for someone like me, that would be really heartbreaking to put them on. Be like a nasty Speedo. (laughs) At first, I thought it said public lice. What, there's private lice? (laughs) There's no no room for me, nevertheless, to have pubic lice. This show just went off the rails yeah. <laughs> right into Disney World. When it comes to the topic of useless sports information, here's one that may linger after you hear it. It's the professional finger pulling competition. <laughs> so the finger pulling is no laughing matter in the Alps, okay? This is no laughing matter. Finger wrestling was once used to settle disputes, but it's now a competition that is taken quite seriously by the contenders. The winner is the person who manages to pull the other contestant's finger across the table using only his or her finger, as I said. Uh, Contenders pick their digit carefully and subject it to rigorous training Mm -hmm. involving crushing tennis balls and doing one-finger pull-ups. Professional, not amateur, these are professional finger-pulling competitors in the Alps. It's like, pull my finger... Uh, ooh. In the Alps, if you say, pull my finger, <laughs> because it would echo. <laughs> Useless information about animals was also discussed on the show. Nick found something giggle-worthy about chimps and their drinking habits. Speaking of going to the zoo, sometimes you'll see some chimps. And sometimes you'll see those chimps drinking fermented tree sap. Scientists are studying these chimpanzees chimpanzees in Guinea, and they've seen evidence of long-term and recurrent ingestion of ethanol. There was a 17-year study recorded recording chimps, and it leaves to, and they're using the leaves to these uh, plants to drink the fermented. The the 17-year study recorded. I think you, I think you drank it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> yes, I was visiting the chimp cage uh, before I started the show today. Uh, the 17-year yeah. study recorded chimps using leaves to drink fermented palm sap. Some drank high enough 
alcohol to produce what they call the visible signs of inebriation. Yeah, they get, um, whatchamacallit, it, um, SUIs, which is swinging under the influence. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It took me a couple of seconds to put that together. It's okay. Yes, I, think I had a little bit of that juice myself. <laughs> I think I think they are swingers. Yes. In one of the useless facts, Nick suggests a way to improve your car's key fob signal using your head. Roy wondered what would happen if you stuck the key fob, you know where. Holding a remote key fob to your car, if you hold it next to your head, it increases its range. Because the water in mm -hmm. your brain acts as an amplifier. If you mm -hmm. touch the remote to your head while pressing the button, you can unlock your car from a further distance. For even better results, hold it under your chin and then open your mouth. Really? Yeah. Could you imagine what happens if you stick it up your... Uh, <laughs> your um... <laughs> no, then the headlights come on. And then... <laughs> It starts itself. It's a remote start. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had remote start. <laughs> yes, on those cold winter mornings in Toronto, just stick the key fob up the old poop chute and you can automatically start your car. Geography is one of the many topics on the show. I think this is a place where you and yep. I, Roy, can retire. It's a place called Disappointment Island. This, <laughs> this, story of our lives this exactly they i think they they uh i think our, our names and our plaques are right outside the island this appointment island is an uninhabited island in new zealand although there are sixty-five thousand pairs of white-capped albatross who live there in 1868 <laughs> a steel tanker crashed on the island which killed 68 people leaving the 15 survivors waiting 18 months to be rescued and in 1907, another ship ended up crashing there and 12 men drowned. So, note to self, do not go anywhere near Disappointed Island. You'll be disappointed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not much to see there. Wow. Disappointment Island. You know, Nick, you keep coming up with those stories. I think I'm going to retire our friendship. <laughs> in this highlight, a government official hid stolen money in an unusual place. This is part of the feature, news from around the world. A key ally in Brazil's president has been arrested after anti-corruption officers discovered a wad of banknotes in his underpants. Police initially <laughs> found 10,000 rias, rias, yes, rias, around 1,700. <laughs> That's what they're called, rias. Sorry, reace. Uh, um, uh, the $1,750 U.S. they found in a safe. He then asked the cops if he can go to the bathroom. And according to the police report, an officer noticed a large rectangular bulge under the senator's shorts as he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine him going through? Here's some American money. Here's some reass. What's this tube steak in here? <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry. That's connected. <laughs> so he went. They, they, they realized this rectangular bulge found inside his underwear near his buttocks, according to the report, were stacks of money that totaled around $2,600 U.S. When asked whether he had any additional cash stowed in his underpants, the senator angrily shoved his hands into his underwear to retrieve more stacks of bills totaling $3,100 U.S. 
or 17,000. So the money was stuck behind his buttocks. Behind and in between a subsequent search, there's more. Not only three times, a subsequent search turned up another 250 riases for another $43. What did did he say to them? Did he say, I have a life of crime, but it's behind me? (laughs) (laughs) My God, the, the... his his butt looked at the big wad of money and said, the buck stops here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. No. You're listening to a celebration of 100 episodes of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Nick and Roy covered an invention by Buck Weimer for a U.S. underwear manufacturer named Shreddies. Their claim was that the undergarment can neutralize your air biscuits. Have you heard of Shreddies before? No. This is going to help millions and millions of peoples on the planet. Mm. Invented by Buck Weimer for a U.S. underwear manufacturer, Shreddies claim to neutralize the smell of flatulence. The filter, Mm. the filter, okay, to filter the flatulence's effects the underwear's airtight fabric is sealed with elastic around the waistband and legs. If you what? want to buy, yes. If you want, now this, how does it work? Hold on, wait a minute. Nick, I'll tell you how this, it works. What, what? Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, is this how the guy found out about the balloon? <laughs> <laughs> he blew his pants up and floated away. <laughs> no, no, it would have been helpful. How does it work? Well, Shreddy's. Flatulence filtering garments feature an activated carbon back panel and absorbs mm. all of the flatulence odors. Due to its highly porous nature, the odors become trapped and neutralized by the cloth, which is then reactivated by simply washing the garment. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you want to buy a pair, or perhaps a pair for your significant stinky other, you can visit their store, myshreddies.com. And because mm. I like to be... yes. MyShreddies.com, and because I'm thorough with my, with my research, a men's five-pack is $145 U.S. Really? I got okay. news for them. I got a much easier scenario. Exactly. You get a 10-foot pole, you hook a plastic tube to it, stick it up the poop chute, and hold the pole up 10 feet in the air. <laughs> you're, you're contributing to global warming. The only the only person the only thing that's gonna get affected are low flying birds and the guy in the balloon. <laughs> Canadian is two hundred and nine dollars for the men's five pack. Now, if you want something for your loved one, <laughs> there's a women's five pack as well for seventy eight dollars U.S. or fifty four twenty five Canadian. Now, I don't think my wife my wife has never farted. Now, hold on. There are some testimonials, because if you're wondering if you're wondering if this works, there's some testimonials. Thank you for creating a product. Thank you for creating a product that changed my life. I can now work indoors. I can now work indoors without fear. It has made a remarkable improvement in my social and personal life. This is from Heather. Heather. That's a great And from, uh, this is anonymous, and I guess I can understand why. I wish to thank you. This product changed my life. 
Mm. It doesn't matter what I eat. The gas is so bad, and the smell has driven my husband from our room at night. <laughs> These underwear have given me back my life. I no longer have extreme anxiety about having to pass gas while in the midst of social situations. I'm yeah. a nurse. I'm a nurse. Oh, great. I would almost have panic attacks when stuck in the patient's room too long. This is oh. no longer a problem. Thank you so much for inventing and designing these underwear. They have really changed my life. She walked in the room. She's a nurse. And she said, hi, how are you? And then she had her little attack. Next thing you know, the woman turned around in the bed and looked. And she was about like a, well, she went from a size 6 to a size 12. <laughs> <laughs> All the clothes are blown up, ready to go. Boom. In one of the newest topics, Down the Garden Path, Nick presents Plants with rude names. Here's some plants with some rude names. The sausage tree. <laughs> oh boy. It's sacred to <laughs> many African communities and commonly has large sausage-shaped fruits hanging from its branches. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's sometimes when I hang out in a little tree house. But go ahead. It, it's often used in herbal remedies and as well for skin treatments, so that you know, okay? The next <laughs> rude name from for plants is nipple wart. Nipple wart. Nipple nipple wart. W-O-R-T, an edible plant with a yellow flower that is used as an herbal remedy for nursing mothers, nanny goats, and dairy cows. Oh, yeah. so that's the nipple wart. There you go. The shaggy soldier. <laughs> the shaggy soldier is found growing around cities in the, in the United Kingdom and has stems and leaves. They take on a hairy look. You know what would be terrible if the shaggy soldier was rubbing up against the sausage plant and uh, started to touch the old nipple boy. The next root plant name is Sticky Willy. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't want to mix the sausage <laughs> no, plant with, with the this, sticky willy uh, no. next to a nipple wart. No, you'd want to see the doctor at that point. The plant has creeping, straggling stems that grow along the ground and over other plants. They attach mm. themselves with small hooked hairs that which, which pretty much grow out of the stems and leaves. Like an Italian woman. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the hair was above their lip. And finally, the, the last rude name here, stiff cock. What is that? <laughs> It is stiff cock, okay? Stiff, stiff cock. cock. <laughs> right. This is a plant. We're this is a about. strong smelling plant that has. We just want the people listening right now to understand yes. that when we say stiff cock, yeah, we are speaking about the stiff cock plant. The horticultural definition. It's exactly. a strong smelling plant has strong smelling leathering leaves that used to make tea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Steep that for about a minute. Yeah. And claimed to be a herbal form of Viagra. Ah, I was just going to say Nick go. lives close to Niagara, but the stiffcock plant is mainly found in a place called Viagra. <laughs> its its Latin name is Diospiros crassenevius. Whatever that means. Yes, it but means it's the herbal form plant. of that's right, the stiffcock plant. Whoa, so you got the sausage tree, the stiffcock plant, the Tony, slippery nipple. Where are you going? I, I don't know, Nick. I, tell you the truth. I feel like a scruffy sailor after listening to that. <laughs> Not the scruff. No, it's the shaggy. You don't soldier. feel like I need a shave. I feel like I need a bath. <laughs> it's the shaggy soldier. The scruffy oh, I'm soldier. sorry. The shaggy soldier. Hey, if you're gonna get the, if you're gonna do this, you have to get the names right. Okay, on totally. I'm trying to. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to. Okay, after that, 
There's really not much. The show's over, folks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. When searching for the invention segment of the show, Nick discovered a clock that doesn't tell the time. You have to figure out the math problem to get the correct time. My last invention is a math clock where you have to do all the work to figure out what time it is. The Albert clock displays math equations instead of actual time. There's one equation for the hour of the day and another one for the minute. So to tell the time, you have to do the math first. For instance, if the clock, the clock will display 8 plus 3 hours and 25 minus 3 minutes means 8 plus 3 is 11, 25 yeah. minus 3 is 22. So instead mm -hmm. of saying 1122, it says 8 plus 3 and 25 minus 3. The designer made the clock to help kids brush up on their math skills and their javelin throwing skills because it goes flinging across the friggin' room. Yeah, and Nick has a clock like that, and that's why when he shows up to work late, he says, I'm just stupid. <laughs> Over the 100 episodes, Nick and Roy had many special guests on the show. Here is iHeartRadio's very own Richard Krauss. He speaks about the missing features in today's cars. Five things we don't find in cars anymore. Metal. Metal? <laughs> uh, number one is tail fins. And if you are like me, I love tail fins on cars. I grew up in the 1970s, and there were still tons of cars from the 50s and from the 60s kicking around on the streets in Nova Scotia, where I grew up. And they would have these incredible fins. And I knew uh, someone who actually had one that had 48-inch tail fins. They were the tallest uh, that they ever put on the back of a car. And so I did some research. I found out that uh, they were originated by a guy called Harley Earl, who was a legend uh, in terms of, of designing cars. And he loved aviation as well as cars, maybe as much as cars. So he created these fins to kind of ape the look of the Lockheed P-38 Lightning fighter plane. One of the reasons they took the fins off the cars is that children were injured by the sharp edges on these things, especially as they got bigger. Another special guest on the show was Leanne Philipson, registered nutritionist. She told Nick and Roy that every part of the egg is edible. Your weekly sweet and savory facts of totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Pulled out all the stops here for this food episode right now. That's right. We welcome to our show, Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, a very special guest and my friend, Leanne Philipson. Hello! Yay! Don't I get all those jingle and what was that? A cowbell or something like that? It was mm -hmm. a no. It was a dinner triangle. Oh, yeah. of course. Sorry. Yeah, yes. dinner triangle. It's been a while. It's been a while. She's not really much of a food expert, is she? She doesn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> She's a food expert, not a jingle expert. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so uh, Leanne is a registered nutritionist, and you can check her out at leannephillipson.com. Like, I, I think about my food a lot, like when I'm eating pizza and McDonald's, no. Wendy, <laughs> Taco Bell. Please. By the way, the show is sponsored by Taco Bell. No, no, oh, it's no. not. <laughs> not, yet. not after we're done with this show. Every single part of an egg is totally edible, including the shell, which has mm -hmm. actually really high calcium content. Really? Now, eggs, they actually contain the highest quality of any food protein. And the fact that you can also eat the shell brings the nutrition to a whole other level. 
I love crunchy scrambled eggs. <laughs> you, you actually have to cook, you have to do it a little differently. So because like there's all this calcium in there, so you really do need to, rather than just cracking them and throwing everything in, it's advised that you actually boil and dry off the shells and then you can crush them up with like a pestle and mortar. You can bash them up with a rolling pin and then just mix that powder. You can put it in water. You could put it into like... If you're making burgers, you can put it into pasta sauce. You can even throw it mm -hmm. into, your, in, into your yogurt. And studies show that it can help to decrease osteoporosis. Dan Riskin, a really, really smart guy. Our guest today is iHeartRadio's Dan Riskin. He's a biologist with a PhD in bats. He's also a science guy in the media. If you're Canadian, oh, wait, can, what? Can I interrupt you, Nick? I yeah. thought we had Bill Nye, the science guy. You said <laughs> no, science. Guy. No, no. This is he's. This is one. Dan's even better. Better he than have a PhD. He just got a master's. <laughs> That's right. He just has a master's. And if you're Canadian, you might know him from, as a former co-host of Daily Planet on Discovery, or in other parts of the world, you might know him as the host of Animal Planet show about parasites and monsters inside me. I yeah. was just joking. He's a big deal, folks. Dan Riskin, no, welcome to the fun. show. Thanks. My my ego's shattered because anytime you get compared to Bill Nye, you're like, well, I, you know, I've done some stuff, but I'm not Bill Nye. But, you know, if as long as I keep it clear and don't don't get that in my head, I think we're going to be okay. Now, now what yeah, makes you an expert? I don't want to insult you. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's later in the show after you leave. But, you know, the thing is, <laughs> what makes you an expert about animals? Like, did you write a book or something? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, you guys threw a challenge at me. You said, give me some weird facts about animals. And I did a book in 2014 called Mother Nature is Trying to Kill You. And every animal I'm going to tell you about today is lifted from that book. And so if you if you if listeners enjoy what they hear, you can get that book and you can get more of them. I'm going to give one story of violence and three stories of sex in that order. And, uh, and wow. I guarantee these will be facts that neither of you have heard. Before. All right, don't hold back anymore. Let's let's uh, let's hear your animal facts. Okay, so oh, as far as violence, now do either of you have siblings like brothers and sisters? I do. Uh, I, I had a brother. Okay. All right. So you are familiar with the idea of uh, sibling rivalry? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I hated my brother. No, I'm joking. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did he pick on you? No, I picked. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, he actually did, but he got his enough back, too. So. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, the, the animal kingdom's greatest sibling rivalry is something called the Vero Eagle. Lives in Africa. What happens is the parents lay... Uh, the mom lays two eggs three days apart and one hatches and then three days later the other one hatches and the older one picks on the younger one starts pecking until it kills the younger one every single time out of 200 observed nests the younger one survived in only one case so one out of 200 of the odds of survival in one instance a researcher watched the older sibling peck the younger one 1569 times until it was dead and the reason they do this is because really there's only enough food to feed one and so they lay two eggs in case the first one doesn't hatch properly they've got a backup plan but if both of them hatch uh, then they got to pick one to get rid of and the older one wins so the younger one gets killed every single time i mean i think it makes sense personally i think that one eagle that survived out of the hundreds his name was peckerhead <laughs> for the music segment of totally useless information nick and roy invited eric alper a longtime music publicist as well as the host of That Eric Alper on Sirius XM. Today we have a very special guest. We had to clean up the studio once again because, you know, every once in a while they need to tidy up because we have company. We have mm. Eric Alper. He's a music publicist 
Welcome, Eric, to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Oh, I'm happy to be here. So let's go back to the late 1960s. And there was a group called the Zombies, which a lot of people may know that they had a monster song called Time of the Season that still gets played on classic rock radio stations to this day. Well, it turned out that before that song became a hit, the zombies actually split up for good. And the booking agent still had a tour booked for the zombies to play across North America, including Canada. So the booking agent quickly came up with a plan and started looking for musicians to replace the zombies, but still tell people that this is the actual zombies. Keep in mind, this is before much music and MTV and social media. So people didn't really know what the bands look like anyway. Two of the guys in the band became were, were, were actually, I mean, two of the guys in the band were named D Cruz and Chris Page. Um, pretty kind of, you know, nondescript information. Um, but we know them now as Dusty Hill and Frank Beard, who did the tour as the Zombies, finished the tour, and then started another band called ZZ Top. And they were together for about 55 years after that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so never take, never turn down a gig, because you never know who you're going to meet, really, yeah, for all right. the musicians yeah, out right. there. Finally, we feature one other guest interview, Mark Saltzman, a prolific tech expert with one simple goal, breaking down geek speak to street speak. Mark Saltzman, welcome. Hey, thanks, Nick and Roy. Congrats on wrapping up season five. Very exciting. Who knew wow. we'd have this much awesome. useless information? I know. I, Nick, enough about us. We got this guy on the show. He's a big <laughs> deal. He wrote a book called The Apple Watch for Dummies. Yeah, I uh, just finished the fifth edition. It's out now. It's called Apple Watch for Dummies 2022 because, as you likely know, like other Apple products, they change it every year so you have to keep on top of it but yeah it's it's a it's a fun um brand to write for wiley is the book publisher you know the yeah. dummies books the yellow yeah, and black well, books there's we, a million nick, of them right nick and i have uh we have the reading for dummies right. <laughs> you have totally useless information for dummies yeah, we do you, you know go. what yeah it's an audio book go figure yeah reading for dummies it's an audio book <laughs> That's a good one. I've got some useless facts for you from the, the golden age of video games. Sure, shoot. Can you name an iconic video game from the 80s that did not require a button at all? Oh. No buttons. No buttons. There's two of them, actually. Two big games. So the answer is Pac-Man. No buttons, right? Think about it. Ms. Pac-Man even better, in my opinion, than Pac-Man. But they did not require a button. We want to thank you for listening to our celebration of 100 episodes. Nick and Roy are all ready for season six, which starts next week. You can access the full library of episodes at nickandroy.com and wherever you get your podcasts. As Nick and Roy always say at the end of every show, tell a friend about the trend. Thanks for listening.